You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Leanne Caldwell. I'm an anchor at Washington Post Live and also co-author of the Early 202 newsletter. Today we have another edition of Across the Aisle, where we work to bring members of both parties together to talk about legislation and things they're getting done in Congress. And today we're talking about data privacy. And joining me to discuss this is the top Democrat on the Energy and Commerce Committee, uh, Frank Pallone of New Jersey, and the top Republican on that same committee, Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers from Washington. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, great to be with you. And a reminder to our viewers, we would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions, feel free to tweet at us at Post Live. So, uh, Chairman, Pallone, I want to start with you uh, on this legislation, data privacy legislation that did pass out of the Energy and Commerce Committee with almost bipartisan, almost full unanimous support, I think just two defectors. Can you just tell me generally what this legislation does? Well, it tries to minimize uh, the use by these big tech companies of data that you provide them. It should only be that they can use uh, and transfer data that they need for whatever that instance is, and not for not that they can sell it or use it for other purposes that you are not aware of. Um, and so I, I really want to stress that what we're tra- trying to do is you know, limit how they use your data only with your permission and not a situation where uh, you know, they, what they call uh, notice and, and consent now, where you know, they notify you if they want to use it and you have to consent and say yes. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't get to use it, uh, the data, um, unless you absolutely need it for the purpose that the, that the technology demands. Uh, and that's a major change uh, from uh, what the situation is now where your data is collected, sold, uh, you know, you have no control whatsoever over it. And uh, Congressman uh, uh, McMorris Rogers, you the legislation allows people to sue tech companies if their data is used without their consent. How does that actually happen? This is this is the ro- most robust privacy protections that have been proposed ever in the United States of America, and it does include it's a narrow private right of action. This is bipartisan, bicameral legislation that we have worked on for several years now. Uh, we need a national privacy standard, and so there's been negotiations uh, in this bill, and one is to include. Uh, an, a private right of action, a, a narrow private right of action. So if someone uh, believes that they have, they, that their privacy has not been protected, it gives them the ability uh, to, to go to the FTC, go to the, uh, the attorney general, but after a certain amount of time, they would be able to bring forward a, a lawsuit uh, to enforce the privacy protection. But Leanne, if I could, just, yeah. could I, I could just add, I mean, I don't want to emphasize the suit too much because I don't think most people would ever bring suit. The point is mm-hmm. that if they're using your data in a way that you don't want it, you have a right under this bill to correct that, to, to you know, basically call them up and say, you're using my data. I don't want you using it for this or correct it if they are giving out false information about you. So 
you know, you have a lot of protections under this bill that are not necessarily related to bringing suit, because I don't think most people would ever think that they're going to bring suit or, you know, want to want to do that. We're, we're trying to minimize what they can use. And if they go beyond that, you can call up and say, that's not allowed and you better correct it. Uh you know, you both mentioned that this has been something that has been in the works for years. And so, Chairman Pallone, can you talk about how you were finally able to get an agreement on this legislation, a bipartisan agreement with uh, Ranking Member McMorris Rogers and other members of the committee? Well, part of that's because Kathy Rogers is so great, right? And she's easy to work <laughs> with. You talk about across the aisle. We, we work on a lot of legislation across the aisle. In fact, there's very little that we work on that doesn't, that isn't bipartisan because we want to get things done. Uh, so, I mean, to her credit that, you know, she's willing to work together and the Democrats and Republicans on the committee want to get things done. You don't get anything done in Congress unless you uh, cross the aisle, as you mentioned, Leanne. McMore, uh, Congresswoman, um, your bill establishes a national privacy standard. So a federal standard that would prevent tech companies from tracking people's behavior. Um, how does that information stay private? So does that mean there is no opting in, opting out? Um, how does it work for the consumer? Do, will they have to worry about this? Well, what it does is it puts the, it puts the individual back in charge of their data. It gives Americans the right to know uh, what data has been collected uh, the profiles that have been created that gives them a right to know that it 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 uh, as the chairman mentioned for the business uh, they're limited on what data they can even collect in the in the first case it has to be for the business purposes and anything beyond that they would only be able to do with permission it allows the individual to opt out of ads if they don't want to have their that their personal information collected their location data their browsing history all of this this uh, personal personally uh, identifiable information that is collected right now, uh, it gives the individual the right to know what's being collected. And then if it's going to be used beyond the business purposes or sold to a third party, a data broker, the individual would have the right to, to say they do not want their information shared or sold. Uh, it, it's putting Americans back in charge of their data. And this, is, this, is, this, is a, this isn't a partisan issue. This is a, a priority for Americans. And I'm proud of the work that the Energy and Commerce Committee has done, that we have come together and hammered out uh, the most comprehensive privacy protections ever, and, and people are desperate for it. And for parents, I'm a, I'm a mom with three school-age kids, and the, the protections that are in here for, for kids are especially important. Uh, for, for under the age of 17, they're, they're, they're prohibited from collecting the, the personal sensitive data on children. So um, very important protections for our kids. And what it would do is eliminate a patchwork of state laws that are being developed. I believe a, a national standard is very important for a business then who does business across state lines or an individual that crosses beyond state lines. We need the national standard uh, to provide that certainty, no matter where you live, if you're in California, New Jersey or Washington State. And you know, and Leanne, the ads part is particularly, you know, what they do now is yeah. they'll, these tech companies will collect your data and then they'll target uh, kids with ads based on that data. For example, you know, they'll, they'll figure out that 
a kid maybe is overweight and is sensitive to their weight. And so to target them with ads about, you know, taking diet pills or something like that, that is totally prohibited. You cannot target ads uh, to, uh, to, kids under, to kids under 17. And if uh, I might add also, yeah. it would stop big tech from, from um, you know, listening to or storing private conversations like your emails, your texts, your voicemails, photos, videos without your permission, putting people back in charge of their data. Yeah, I can't even count the number of times that I've been having, I would have a conversation with a friend or a family member, and the next time I open Instagram, there's an ad about that product that I was discussing. Um, so Chairman Pallone, though, uh, uh, Ranking Member Rogers just mentioned California and a national standard. Um, those two things have actually been problematic in this legislation um, because uh, even though it got the support of 53 members on the Energy and Commerce Committee, Speaker Pelosi put out a statement saying that it, quote, does not guarantee the same essential consumer protections as California's existing privacy laws. What does that mean for it being brought up on the floor this year? There's not a lot of time left and Speaker Pelosi doesn't support this entire legislation. Well, we're meeting and talking to Speaker Pelosi about this to try to address her concerns. Uh, and, and, you know, there is time. I mean, obviously, we're still in session for another three months and we're working hard to try to get there to pass, have us pass the House as well as the Senate and Senate to the president. And I think we can do it in this time period. But I would say, look, the, I believe that the, the bill is actually stronger than the California law. So, you know, for example, uh, in California doesn't really have as effective minimization of the data. The whole approach here is to try to minimize the data that can be collected. And I think we're much stronger than California when it comes to that. And also, you know, we allow states um, where they haven't uh, addressed um, uh, certain issues to continue to innovate and, and have their own laws. So it, it's a question of really trying to convince the Californians, which I think we did for the most part in the committee, uh, that this is actually a stronger law and it doesn't preclude them from innovation. So you think that the changes that are necessary to placate Pelosi is not necessarily actual altering the legislative text, but informing her and convincing her that California is still able to enact its own laws? Well, it may be a little of both. I mean, in other words, we do have to convince not only her, but others who, you know, might have their doubts that this is a very strong national standard. Uh, but at the other hand, you know, other hand, as you know, as we move through this process, either in the House or the Senate, there may have to be some additional changes. We're not opposed to that. But we want to make sure that uh, that it's bipartisan uh, and that it's a strong national standard, uh, because otherwise it won't pass and it won't be effective. And right now we do believe that the bill is a strong national standard and that it does um, uh, really protect people's privacy. So it's a combination, convince uh, her and others that this is strong and it doesn't need much in the way of change. But if there are some changes that need to be made, we could cert we're certainly open to it. Advocacy and groups, advocacy groups agree with the chairman. Uh, the advocacy groups for privacy legislation in the, in the United States of America believe that this bill 
is the most robust privacy protections ever and that they are stronger than any current state law. I'm now, and, and we went through committee. We, we have hammered out section by section on this bill. We have, uh, we, we worked through many amendments, members from all over the country, including California, offering their amendments. And we ultimately gained the support of several members uh, from the California delegation that are on the committee. This is, this is a bill that it, it is as strong as it is, stronger than any current state law because of the work of our committee. We've done the hard work necessary to legislate and we have a better product because of that, a better bill. And it's a national standard. And I don't believe one state should be dictating to the rest of the country what, what in this case, the privacy law should be. Uh, Ranking member McMorris-Rogers, if Speaker Pelosi does not bring this up uh, before the end of the year, and if Republicans take control of the House of Representatives after these midterm elections for next year, has Leader McCarthy committed to you to bring this up? He is also from California. The, the, the privacy protections are important for Republicans and Democrats, for every person in this country. And, and certainly the Republicans have put together a, a, uh, a big tech accountability um, package of bills. One of the pillars in holding big tech accountable is privacy protections. And I'm going to, but I'm going to keep, so it's a priority uh, for the Republicans. It's a priority for everyone though. And I am, I am locking arms with the chairman of the committee to, to impress upon the speaker, the importance of getting this bill to the floor for her to respect the work of the committee members from all over the country, including eight members from California uh, who have hammered out this bill, which is the strongest privacy protections of any, any, that any state has in place. And, and, uh, I'm, and I'm hopeful the chairman and other members of the committee are meeting with the speaker. We're gonna continue to, to hear what her, her feedback is, but I'm really proud of the work of the committee. And I believe that this is the, the this is the way that you br- restore hope, you uh, restore trust and confidence in representative government uh, when the committee does its work. And that's why I'm I'm really proud of the work that we've done. And it's really important for Americans. Cross the aisle, Leanne. Cross the aisle. <laughs> we love across the aisle. Uh, <laughs> Congresswoman, does this bill go far enough for Republicans? Did you you didn't note that this is that you know addressing big tech is going to be a big priority for them should they be in the majority? Does this do enough for them, um, especially if they have the reins of power? Well, this is one pillar. This is one big pillar that needs to be addressed: uh, the the privacy protections that Americans need. Uh, and as well as uh, to protect our kids from the damage of uh, social media and the importance of protecting uh, our, our children online. So this is this is definitely one of the pillars. The Republicans also are very concerned about free speech and protecting free speech online. And so we have we have legislation around ensuring that free speech is protected and and to stop the censorship. Uh, we also have other legislation uh, around. You know, there's there's a there's a big package of bills, but this is this is one of the pillars, and I'm and I am encouraged that we've been able to to pass this bill out of committee, a national privacy standard. That's what the Republicans have been calling for is is a, a national privacy standard. We're concerned about a patchwork of state laws, and we were able to address other issues uh, 
Uh, and this really is a, an example of Republicans and Democrats coming together, uh, recognizing that no one has all the best answers and hammering out a bill. And I believe that because we've worked through it the way we have, we've been very diligent in, in doing our work in the committee, that we have a very strong uh, product and the, and the advocacy groups will have told us it is stronger than any state law. The other uh, thing, Leanne, I wanted yeah. to mention is that, remember, most states have no laws or practically no law. Mm -hmm. you, you'll hear a lot from states saying, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But the reality is uh, most states have practically nothing. And so all of these, uh, I mean, you've, you know, we've had the whistleblowers come in to talk to us about how terrible big tech is. Big tech keeps saying, oh, we're going to correct this. Whatever problems are raised by the whistleblowers, we're going to correct. But they don't correct anything. Um, and so, you know, I don't want anybody to think that somehow out there there's protection now. There isn't for most uh, for most purposes. And to rely on big tech to protect you or change what they're doing and not monetize and make money on all this, it's just not going to happen. That's why we need this bill. We need a federal bill because it's not going to happen otherwise, either by the industry or by the states, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Chairman Pallone, another obstacle that you have is the Senate. Uh, Senator Maria Cantwell, who runs the committee, your counterpart committee over in the Senate, she told my colleague, Christiana, Christiana Lima, author of the Technology 202, that the legislation has, quote, major enforcement holes and is too weak to stand as it stands to warrant passing a federal law. What is your reaction to that? Well, first of all, I do think that Senator Cantwell wants to pass a law and wants to pass something this year. So I want to stress that. Um, you know, I think that she feels that, um, you know, more can be done, particularly, for example, with the right to sue. Uh, but I mean, there is significant enforcement here. First of all, there's enforcement by, by, the, uh, by the federal agency. There's enforcement by state attorney generals. And there is a private right of action, which you don't really have. I mean, none of those are really effective right now. OK, they either don't exist or the states or the or the uh, federal agencies really aren't doing much. And so, and I'm not trying to be critical of them. They all say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, just like the state legislatures say we're going to pass these laws, but it doesn't happen. And so I, I, I think that we have a supporter in, in Senator Cantwell, ultimately. Uh, of course, the Senate is always more difficult. I mean, I got to be honest, we pass so many bills out of the Energy and Commerce Committee that are bipartisan. We pass them to the House, send them to the Senate. Uh, and I can sit here and be critical of the Senate not in general, but I just I, I do think that she, uh, Senator Campbell, wants to get something done uh, and that we can do it together. We have a viewer question that I want to bring up from Robert Zimmerman from Massachusetts, who asks, what specific types of data would be afforded greater protection under the proposed legislation? Is this a, is this blanket for all data or are there some carve outs? Ranking member McMorris Rogers. Well, uh, what it does is that it would stop apps from sharing, selling people's data without per permission. It puts them in control. So if you, if you um, like your search history, it would stop the the data brokers, these third party entities or big tech, from accessing, storing, selling sensitive information like your location data, credit card purchases, login information, your browsing history without your permission. And for parents, as I mentioned, it, it includes 
very strong protections for children's privacy online under the age of 17 is is protected online. And Chairman Pallone, what type of pushback have you seen from big tech companies um, that use this data often? Like, where has the most powerful lobby been and what is their argument against some of this? Well, big tech really doesn't want to be regulated at all, as you can imagine, because right now they're not, right? And so their biggest concern is they're not going to be able to sell this information. Um, and they keep saying over and over again, oh, don't worry. Uh, we'll, we'll do what has to be done, what's necessary to protect the public. But the two things I would say is why that's just not true is first that, you know, there's no data minimization. In other words, we are saying you're only going to be collecting the data that you need for this specific purpose. They'll, they're never going to support that notion because they want to they want to sell this data. Um, and um, and, uh, you know, they uh, they they're, they're very much the second thing is they're very much into this um, uh, notice and choice concept. In other words, we'll notify you if we're going to use your data and then you can choose not to. But that doesn't work uh, because the, either the notice is ineffective or people don't realize that they can opt out or opt in. And, and it should be that they're not allowed to use it at all unless it's absolutely necessary. Ranking Member McMorris Rogers, why has it been so difficult? Why has it taken so long to find consensus on this issue? Um, and what is something that you had to compromise on? The two biggest sticking points that um, have been around the, the national standard, uh, a federal preemption uh, to put in place what would be a national standard um, across all 50 states. And then the other has been the enforcement. It's been the private right of action. Uh, so we have been, we've been working for years on every, all the details within this privacy bill. I was, I was really pleased even before COVID, we had released a, a, a bipartisan staff draft from the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, so that was in, I believe that was in 2019. And then, you know, we were getting feedback on that and then COVID hit, which cer certainly delayed it, but it has been at the forefront of our committee for years. We know that we need a national data privacy standard and, and uh, we're, taking, we're taking steps to get that done. And so I'm, it's, it's not easy uh, to work something like this out. There's a lot of, a lot of considerations, but I'm proud that we have taken the time to, to get to this place. And, and I, I just encourage people to take a look at it and voice their support. Chairman Pallone, we just have a couple minutes left and I have to ask a um, you know, very timely question about the midterms. We're about five and a half weeks away from the midterms. Of course, control of the House of Representatives is, is up in the air. Um, one of the biggest issues plaguing Democrats is inflation. Have Democrats been able to do enough to address inflation? And do they have a plan, just very briefly, what can they do to address it in the future? Well, I think a combination of what the president has been doing and what the Democratic majority and the Congress has been doing, right? So we obviously, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which seeks to reduce the deficit, which I think is a major uh, a factor ultimately in, in reducing inflation. Uh, we've also, I mean, the president obviously, you know, with the feds in terms of trying to deal with interest rates has been a factor. 
Uh, with regard to gas prices in particular, uh, we've you know, taken actions by releasing um, uh, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try to get more product into the market, which has resulted in gas prices going down uh, on a weekly basis now for, I guess, over a month. Um, and we're trying to also address the supply chain issues. You know, during the COVID crisis, a lot of the problems with supply chain increased inflation because, you know, people were demanding things, but they couldn't get them. And so, you know, we passed the uh, uh, the CHIPS Act, which is trying to address uh, some of the supply chain to get more goods manufactured here in the United States that so we're not relying on other countries. Uh, you know, there are a number of things uh, that are being done now to address inflation uh, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, basically improve the economy. Um, and I think those actions, you know, as you see them unfold over the last couple of months and the next couple of months, uh, people will respond to that. I'm I'm bullish on the fact that the Democrats are going to keep the majority. I also think that the actions of the Supreme Court have energized a lot of uh, people because they were not happy with, uh, you know, the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and uh, influence yeah. trying to restrict privacy. And, and Congressman McMorris Rogers, inflation is obviously a big issue for voters. Um, abortion has also become a big issue for voters. Have Republicans overreached on this issue on abortion? I believe the Democrats have overreached on abortion. I was on the floor when the Democrats passed the most radical extreme abortion bill ever. It's abortion up in nine months, up until birth for any reason, sex, race, disability, including Down syndrome, taxpayer funded. It, it's, it puts the United States in, in the same camp as China, and North Korea, there's only a handful of countries that have that extreme of a bill. Uh, that's the extreme position. Um, and I think it's unfortunate, you know, the Republicans, we have long advocated for no taxpayer funding of abortion. We've, we've stood by a, 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 a incapable bill. We've uh, I've supported several times um, protecting babies after four months um, in, in the, in, it's, it's really, I think, the, the extreme position is the one that the Democrats are supporting right now. And do you support, a just very briefly, do you support a um, all-out ban? Or should there be six weeks, 15 weeks? What is your line? Well, I've long supported, uh, the Republicans have passed uh, pain capable, which is 20 weeks, uh, several times after, uh, in the years that we've been in the majority. So that's after four months, protecting babies after four months. I think that's uh, in alignment with a lot of the European uh, Union countries, uh, and that's that's where the Republican position has been. Uh, and for the most part, um, Republicans are wanting to see this at, at the state level. It's I think, uh, uh, but you know the issue the issues that I hear about at home really continue to be around inflation and rising the the cost of gas, hundreds of dollars more per year that people have to pay when they go to the, the gas pump or they go to the grocery store, that's hitting people the most and, and hardest. It's make, uh, the, many of the policies, unfortunately, that have been promoted by the Biden administration are making it harder on people. Energy prices, uh, uh, housing prices, rental mm -hmm. prices, uh, the cost of living that continues to go up hundreds of dollars. And, and I believe that, that, that is, that's on the forefront of people's minds as they're going to vote this fall. 
Great, thank you. Uh, one last question, Chairman Pallone. Is the government going to shut down? It has to be funded, passed by the Senate and then the House before midnight tomorrow night. No, you can rest assured the government's not going to shut down. We expect the Senate, you know, they're, they're always slow, unfortunately. Uh, we expect the Senate to pass um, a continued resolution tonight, and then we will take it up tomorrow and pass it, and, and the government uh, will not shut down. I don't think anybody on either side of the aisle wants the government to shut down. So, again, ac across the aisle, everyone wants the government to stay open. <laughs> Great. And we are so over time. I thank your staff, who's probably screaming in the background that I've kept you four minutes over. Um, I really appreciate your time today for both of you. Uh, Chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee, Frank Pallone of New Jersey, and Ranking Member of the Energy and Commerce Committee, Kathy McMorris Rogers of Washington. Thank you for this great conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.